Thank you, thank you, thank you. You're far too kind for tuning in once again to a little thing we like to call the On Blast Podcast. Again, my name is Sheldon Alexander. I'm here with my guy, Andrew Webster, and you can see him live and live in color. Mr. Andrew Webster, what's going Yo, on, my dude? How you up? doing? Hey, man, I'm doing great. Staying uh, sane, having a good time. You know, it's good to be back and in, in shooting the shit. And as always, as mentioned last time, right? We know there's a lot of serious stuff going on. So we want to give shouts to all the frontline workers, people in the hospitals, the people yes. who are really doing the work right now. And we just want to give people a chance to take a step back and maybe get some laughs, joke around, and also give some advice on what to watch and how to, you know, spend your time at home, because that's the key. We all need to be at home right now to really stop this craziness, right? It's not that difficult. Stay home. And we're going to try to make that a lot easier here on this The On Blast podcast, where we're just going to talk about what we've been watching. And, you know, you gave me something to watch last time we spoke, and I've watched that. And also, I feel like the whole world right now is watching one thing and one thing only. Tiger King. It blew up, man. It blew up. It's crazy. Tiger King. How weird has it been that one thing has taken over the pop culture sphere? And I, I get that everyone's at home, but you would think that with so many options, why is it that it's Tiger King that has like struck the nation, struck everybody? It's crazy. It's like in the times that we're living in, like back in the day, there used to be, you know, a monoculture. Everybody would watch Seinfeld on Thursday nights or TGIF on Fridays if you were a certain age. And everyone would watch them. They'd get like 30 million people tuning in. But now in the age where we're living in with all the streaming, all the multiple channels, there's 400 channels if you have cable. This one seven-part documentary brought everybody together, and everybody's talking about it. And now, I, I mean, my wife and I, we saw the preview, and it was like, okay, we got to watch this <laughs> right now. And then it, it was after the second episode where it was like, oh, yeah, you know that she killed her wife, right? And we were like, oh, we're going to be watching this the rest of the night. I mean, this is it. It's true. It is a, the funny way how it happened. Like, so did you end up watching the whole thing in one sitting? Two, Two sittings. sittings. Okay. Two sittings. Because we started, we started late. We started oh, at like 10 you. at night and then we got through like four or five and it was like, we have to sleep. Yeah. You got to go to bed. No, totally hear you. Um, I, I feel <laughs> like most people have been watching it in one or two sittings and I definitely like it was one sitting and the reason why was because once it started to get to the real... Seven hours straight, you did. Well, here's the thing. Once it started to get to the real fuckery, I was like, okay, let me just finish this because I'm not going to sit back down and watch these assholes. <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> right? That was just my thought process. And, you know, it's so insane. And part of the reason why, you know, and I see a lot of debate now that happens to be going on, which, you know, it's... Everybody needs to watch this. And then you'll have the backlash to that where it's like, no, I'm not watching this just because everyone right. says to watch it. And to me, it was like, okay, well, yeah. if we're first off, I like to know what's going on. I'll try to keep up. And there's certain things where it's like, okay, everyone's talking about this. Let me at least see what it is. And I'll give it one episode because, again, what else are we doing? We're all at home. You have the time to at least give it one episode and make a decision or not. Right. So that's where it got me in. And I will say the first three episodes, great storytelling in terms of just intro 
introduction to these crazy characters, starting obviously with yeah. your man's Joe Exotic, which I'll say this in terms of nicknames. <laughs> That comes out on the high end of dope nicknames. That, that's a good nickname, no? I, it's simple and it's to the point. And it's uh, for me, it was that like it, it was he had the elevator pitch, right? <laughs> uh, okay, so I'm a crazy redneck. I'm gay. Uh, I have and I own like 700 tigers. And I have two husbands. And I look like this. He has two husbands. A crazy and I mullet. Have two husbands. I have two husbands with about six teeth combined <laughs> for the two of them. It's insane. You're right about the elevator pitch. There's just so much going on. And like, it's like each facet of his life could be its own story. And then you combine it all together that my guy's just this zookeeper that like the, the other weird part about this was they filmed everything, which that part I found fascinating. And maybe oh, it's because yeah. we work in production or whatever. And that's what made me really like get that enthralled in the fact that they literally film everything like that part is crazy. But you know, you you have add in all the characters that work with him too, and that side of it was completely ridiculous. That like you know, it was the whole cast of characters for sure. Really like, I mean, like any good like ensemble, you have it can't just be about the one right. guy, right? Like because if it's about the one guy, it's gonna get old after mm-hmm. a while. But it's about her in Florida, and it's about the the crazy Jeff guy who shows up and it's about the guy in South Carolina with the crazy hair. But even just like the workers, right? Like you have the person who had their arm, their hand bitten off, right? Yeah. Then you have the guy with the two uh, fake legs and you're thinking, okay, definitely this is a tiger accident. And my guy's like, nah, I was zip lining. I was zip lining. And it broke. It's a zip line accident. You're like, like, oh my God, I don't know. My guy fell like 50 feet in the air and you're just like, wait, what is happening here? Right? Like none of this (laughs) seems real. There's so many times through the first three episodes, Webby, that I stopped and I was like, wait, People have been tricking me, and this is a mockumentary. This is not real. Like, that's what I kept thinking through the first three episodes. I'm like, this is not real. I, like, at one point I searched. I was like, wait, this is mockumentary, right? And it's like, no, it's real life. And I was like, All right, sure. So they they showed that clip in the documentary of John Oliver mm-hmm. in his show because when he ran for president yeah. – John Oliver did this whole thing about everybody who wasn't Hillary or Trump running for president. And he showed this clip. And I was like, dude, that guy looks crazy. Because I was like, oh, this guy looks familiar. Like, where do I know this story from? Now, not only that, but this all happened in central Oklahoma, okay? Now, I grew up for a bit of my life in northeast Ah. Oklahoma. But a bunch of my friends all went to school at OU, which is, you know, just outside Oklahoma City, Mm -hmm. maybe about a hour two hour drive from joe exotic's place okay and i have friends who are in the news in the news business Ah. and this girl this the wife of my friend is like oh i know all about joe exotic (laughs) i know all the reporters okay that were featured in in the the documentary one of my buddies one of my buddies was like it was weird watching that documentary and seeing people that i knew who (laughs) went to the the zoo and he was like oh i know that guy i was like oh my god yo that's insane that's insane but like there's so many and we're sticking on joe exotic for a sec because there's so much here right in terms of all these other characters so my guy who was his campaign manager that guy seems to be like just a weird character as well 
the head like zookeeper guy who, you know, when they really started to dictate, I guess it was episode two when they started talking about kind of like how these things are like a cult. Right. And like how he would kind of get people who had troubled past to like work for him because you're thinking, why would people work for him? And you find out, okay, well, they get paid nothing. It's like a hundred bucks a week. And my guy has them sleeping. They're all like vagrants. Yeah. He has them sleeping in these like crazy rundown trailers that are just like cockroach infested, disgusting, eating old meats, eating meat, old meats from Walmart. And I'm just like, okay, this is real life. It was so odd. And then, okay, so we'll, we'll get back to, to Joe Exotic for sure, the Tiger King. But then we meet uh, Doc Antles, who is his his oh. mentor, essentially, right? Like, and, and when he broke it down like that, it kind of makes sense. What was your f- first impression of Doc Antles? Because mine was like, oh, okay, so Joe Exotic is like the Brand X version of this guy. Right? Like he's a bootleg version of this guy. And it kind of makes sense, right? They, After they explain it like that. They all seem to like all those people in the big cat business, <laughs> I guess you'd call it. Okay. They all seem to like, yeah, spring forth from this guy, yes. Doc Antles, yes. who like, but then there was like, he knew the guy down in Miami. Yes. The guy in Miami, he could have had his own episode and they didn't even give us nearly enough of that. My guy did mad years. He's like Tony like, Montana. Like, <laughs> right? They're like this Tony Montana guy just collected all these animals because he liked animals. And it's like, what? <laughs> and they used to like put the, the keys of Coke into the, the snakes. In, I'm like, yeah, man. I'm like, okay, I need to hear more about that guy's story. And then you just never heard about him after he says, well, this lady killed her her husband, and you're just like, wait, what's going Okay, there's way too much going <laughs> wait, on what, here. What? But let's stick with Doc Antles, because his story was super interesting as well, because, you know, if Joe Exotic had, what, two husbands, Doc Antle had, what, three or four wives? Do I have that correct? Yeah. And... Yeah. Well, like, I don't know if they were, they were official wives, but they were definitely, like, his wives. <laughs> okay. Know? Well, either way, yeah, he had a, he had a crew. He had a crew with him, right? And <laughs> he was rolling squad. Deep. He made them change their names, right? They all had to. He gave them different names. He now had them dress up in like these sexy outfits, which is kind of weird because you run like kind of a family friendly like kids park. <laughs> no, isn't that weird? But you had these women dressed up in like these super tight outfits. He made them all get boob implants. And it's just like, yo, my guy was on another level. Like he's on one for sure. There's another really good documentary that's on Netflix called Wild Wild Country. Okay. And it's about um, a cult. Like okay. a East Indian, like they had the guru and the guru had all the followers. Mm-hmm. It's a, It's incredible. And if you haven't seen that, you should definitely check that out. But this guy... Doc Antle definitely had a lot of that East Indian guru cult thing going on with his people about changing their names to what he wanted them to be, working them like 12 hours a day, changing their dress, like being like, oh, you can leave, but you can't really leave. Like he had that whole cult thing going on in South Carolina. It was wacky. And they even had the whole breakdown from one of the women who used to work for him, but she left. And I wanted, and again, there's so many things that were left out. Like I wanted to know her story of how she got out. Like they never really explained that. Right. But, but this was kind of the genius part of the show. 
because I find that now, especially a lot of these documentaries, they go on and on and on and on. Uh, okay. I don't know if you saw McMillions. I did. But it was like five episodes. It could have been two. For sure. The nice thing about the Joe Exotic one was that it was seven, and it basically introduced us to all these crazy characters. It didn't dig too deep mm-hmm. other than to Joe. Mm-hmm. But I think that, that, that helped it out because it kept it moving. That's fair. And like every episode, it was almost introducing you and giving you a backstory to a new character, which allowed you to like... Like my jet skiing yo. dude with the long hair. You know what's... F- the best part about it too was because everyone's watching it at different times, you see the memes flying around and you don't really know what it's right, from. Like, right, right. you know who I really thought that was? I, I kept seeing the jet ski thing, right? And you know what I thought that was, honestly? I thought it was a fake meme. That- Me with long hair. <laughs> No, I thought it was a fake meme that someone made up of, remember that lady who called the cops on the kids who were like selling water or whatever? Is that what it was? Like the Karen. Yes, yes, yes. That's who I thought it was at first when I first was seeing the meme and I hadn't watched Tiger King yet. And I was like, yo, that's a pretty dope meme someone made up of this lady. Like what happened to her? Did she do something again? And it wasn't until I was watching Tiger King that I was like, oh my God, that's this dude who... We'll get to him, of course, because he's insane as well. But oh, as man. you mentioned, there's so many different parts and so many different ways they could go. But the central storyline essentially involves Joe. And then in the same in the second episode, we get introduced to Carol. Right. Where and the storyline <laughs> with Carol, who I mean, again, this whole doc could have just been about her. And that would have been its own super interesting <laughs> doc as well. But her storyline, we get introduced to her. And in the beginning, it's like, okay, well, she's basically for animal rights. and Yeah, you're like, oh, this is the good guy. Yeah, this is a good guy. This is who we're supposed to root for here. But then as they dig deeper, it's like, wait a second. She just does the same thing as these guys do. Like, there's literally no difference. She doesn't pay her employees. She's still making money off all these animals as well. And she doesn't pay her employees anything. Whereas at least Joe gives them something, which... You know, somewhere, somewhere to stay and like a community. Yeah, and, and I'll, I'll say this too. I don't know if we're rank. I'm not really ranking all these people because I think all these people were despicable. And by the end, I was like done with all of them. I was like, fuck all these people, yeah, <laughs> right? Yeah, exactly. But like Carol, in the beginning, you're kind of like, okay, well, she's trying to do good. She's trying to get all this legislation put through, like the government and all that. And it seems like okay, something's kind of odd. And then whatever episode it is, it just ends with the montage of all these people being like, oh, well, she just acts like she's above everyone when ask her about what happened to her ex-husband. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. It was the, that was the episode that got me. It was like, oh, you don't know that she killed her (laughs) husband? And you're just like, wait, what? (laughs) Rewind. Sorry. What was that? Let me make sure that's what it said on the subtitles. Like, yeah, it's completely insane. And then you go into this whole deep story about what happened to her ex-husband who just disappeared right and we don't know what happened to the ex-husband but all the meanwhile all these stories come back to the central theme of joe versus carol that's essentially the theme of this whole thing and obviously i'm gonna say spoiler alert although like obviously if you're watching this right now i would hope that you have watched tiger king and if not you should watch it it's the most popular show in the world right now i I would say that most people out there watching it already yeah and if not they need to right now yeah and and of course like the thing is this assumption that 
something has to be great for you to watch it. Like people end up watching bad movies all the time. Right? Like that's not We don't we've got we what else are you going to do? Exactly. Like that's what I don't wait. It's not like you've got you got to go to work, <laughs> you know? Right. It's so true. So that's the dialogue going back and forth between all these all these guys and then we get introduced to some other characters. Jeff Lowe comes in later on and James Garrison comes in oh. later on. Alan, what about Alan? Alan, the scariest dude, the scariest white dude right? ever. The, like anytime you see that tear tattoo, right? That's a thing. That's a real one. You know that's a real one. Oh, but man. so you have all these crazy characters, and other than Joe, okay, I'll say this, K. Webby. Other than Joe, who obviously is a Tiger King, he's the headliner. He's why we're here. Which character? He's number one with the bullet. <laughs> right. Other than Joe, which is saying a lot, because there's so much to talk about with Joe, right? And like we just glossed over like his run for governor, which was also insane. But other than Joe, which Again, character kind of stood having out lived to you? in Oklahoma, yeah, having lived in Oklahoma uh, would have made a perfect Oklahoma governor. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. I kind of understand why KD might have wanted to leave and go to Golden State. Is that a thing? Does that make sense or no? Um. Yo, Shaq, was Shaq Well, yeah, Shaq, no, Shaq, Shaq popped it? up in one of Doug Antle's videos, right? Or Don, yeah, Ag- Don yeah. Antle's, right? Shaq just pops up all of a sudden, yeah, yeah. right? And you're just like, what is going on here? Did you see, hold on, there's photos <laughs> online today, two photos popped up. One popped up of a young Don Antle's holding a tiger on a leash, like on the set of Britney Spears' performance at the MTV Awards in like 2001. Have you seen this picture? What? Yes. No. It's online. You can search. It's on Twitter right now. Oh my it's like God. a young, he has like long black hair and he's like a lot slimmer, but he's standing right behind Britney Spears with a, a tiger on a leash and Britney's like getting ready to go out on stage to perform. Like, I think it's, I'm a slave for you or whatever. And then there's some other picture that came out of Britney Spears sitting in the stands and she's sitting beside a woman that looks like it could be Carol. Like, I'm not making this up. Like it's online. <laughs> go look at it. It looks like and it's Britney? No, Britney Spears is sitting in the seats of like an award show. I'm pretty sure it's the MTV awards. And there's a woman beside her. And it kind of looks like it could be a young Carol. <laughs> like, so the internet's kind of going crazy being like, yo, these people have been around forever. What's like, what's going on? And they almost got to Britney. <laughs> you could see how somebody like Britney would kind of get hooked up with Carol, right? It's like, oh, this lady is totally for conserving, like rescuing well, big cats. Mm-hmm. Like, that's a great thing that I want to be involved in. Well, Carol's a genius, like low key. Carol's a genius, right? Like there's no like if, ands or buts about it. She's super smart, super calculated how she built her business to like make a whole shit ton of money. And I'm not even talking about whether she's scamming the animals or not, which I believe she is, but just the way that she was able to build like the online following and like trick people into coming to her sanctuary that she built. And she puts up the videos every day of her, you know, updating what's going on on her grounds. And she has like millions of cats and kittens, (laughs) right? But she has like millions of Facebook followers. Right. And they said she was like on the first wave of this social media run of just getting all these followers. And at one point, didn't she, she said that she got a check that was like, Oh, last week's check was $23,000 from Facebook. And I was like, yeah, Okay, Carol. Like, she's clearly smart. She was really smart. She, yeah, used that um, 
social media aspect, but she also used the search engine optimization, yes. SEO. Yep. So, like, if you typed in Big Cat, yep. like, hers would be the first thing that yep. came up. Like, she was on it through all different sorts of levels, yeah. man. She knew what she was doing. She was on game. She was on game early. And so it's super interesting to see all that. But I was going to ask you, other than Joe and Carol, who are obviously the two headliners, that's the main event, what other character kind of stood out to you the most, Webby? Well, I, I to say all the people in Joe's um, employ. Okay. So I, I really like the guy with the no legs. I thought he was a great character, yep. especially towards the mm -hmm. end. Um, the transgender guy who got her, his, uh, arm yep. bit off, um, uh, the, the blonde guy who was smoking when he was filling up the oil <laughs> tank. He was a good, he was he's a like good the head, like well. zookeeper or whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then honestly, the only one I thought in the entire documentary who had any sense at all was his campaign manager. Yes. He seemed to be the most like normal person. Like, if that makes sense. Right. like and he had some great lines, though. He had some great Great one-liners. Like, well, you know, this was this was my dream job, you know, being a campaign manager of a gubernatorial race, because my old job, I was selling ammo at Walmart. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, and he's like, right? And he's like, oh, and I'd see Joe, like, two or three times a week. And it's just like, yo, what is going on? Like, that doesn't seem like a real place. Like, you work for them, and then by mid-afternoon, you're just blowing stuff up, right? <laughs> Which just seems insane. Like, the whole operation just seems so insane. So here's the thing. I got a couple quick questions here for you, Webby, okay? Just from the, the movie that I had that I wrote down that I wanted to talk to you about, just in terms of questions that were kind of left unanswered, but had you lean in one yeah. way or the next, okay? So the first one, and probably yeah. most important one, is... Did Carol kill her husband? 100% yes. 100% yes. yes. <laughs> now, there's no doubt in my mind that she was behind that. And then did you see that they, they so that debt, like the, the, the case yeah. is now open. Oh. They open it back up. What? Because of this documentary. Are you serious? Yeah, yeah. I did not see that. That is insane. And I don't like when that happens. Because clearly documentaries are made and it's like different levels of documentaries, right? You could have like respectable right. journalists like the New York Times or like someone respectable putting together a doc. And then you can have like Joe Schmoes that are putting together a doc and they might make other decisions based on just what's best for the outcome of their doc. Not what's a journalistic question in doubt. You know what I mean? Of, in terms of mm -hmm. what they put in the dock and what they leave out. So that's kind of weird when stuff like that happens and then they reopen the case. Now, with that said, <laughs> I still think that, you know, I'm not going to say 100% she killed her husband, but I'll 100% say she knows what happened to her husband. Right? Like, there's, there's too many things that are just like, really? Like, right. so... <laughs> and her answers are just too messed up. Like, when they ask her about... Because the way that they dropped information in this was also genius, I thought, right? They tell you a bit of the story, and then they just drop a bomb. Example, they'd be talking mm -hmm. about, okay, well, you know, there's a lot of questions surrounding what happened, and the investigation went on, but they didn't find anything. And, oh, yeah, her brother happens to be, like, a sheriff. And it's like, wait, what? <laughs> like, of course you could cover that up or have her get off because her husband is, or sorry, her brother is a sheriff. And her response to that was, well, I didn't really have a relationship with my brother. Because, I mean, I left home when I was 15 and he was only nine. And so, yeah, I didn't really know him. It's like, come on, man. 
Like, what are we talking about? She just had an answer for everything, which was super, super fishy, right? Like, what a... She had definitely planned all of her answers about the husband, right? Like... This was something that she had gone over in her head oh, yeah. a bunch of times. Like, she had her yeah. she had her new husband definitely play the role of the investigator, right? Or the interviewer. She forced that dude to be the interviewer, yeah, right? Yeah. It's just there's so many things that were just so weird about her story, right? They're like, oh, what about the the meat grinder, right? And she's like, oh, I wouldn't have even been able to fit his hand through that. And it's like, wait, how do you even know that? Right? Like, seriously, how do you even know that? Like, it's so insane to me. Um, so, yeah, personally, I don't I can't say that she definitely killed her husband, but she definitely knows what happened. Because the other thing is, did he just disappear to Costa Rica? And no, like, I don't think you can do that. Like that whole shit. We would have heard from him. But that whole shit about how she's talking about him flying the plane undetected. Like, come on now. That that shit can't happen. Like, I needed some, like, aviation no, expert no. To, to come on and be like, no, that's not possible. Oh, no, I agree with uh, you. What did you make of his, I, guess, I don't even know what her title would have been, I guess his assistant, the ex-husband's assistant, who basically managed all his money, and, you know, she kind of, you know, between her and his other family, like his, his ex-wife and his other daughters, were compl- they seemed right. convinced that she had something to do with it. The the money yeah. manager was very careful. The money manager and the lawyer were very, very careful with what they were saying. And I found that super yeah. weird. Did you find that as weird as I did? No, because especially not the lawyer. And I mean, the I thought the money manager. I, I, yeah, you're right. She was very careful. Now, the lawyer obviously is going to know exactly what he can and cannot say. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like there's going to be a lot of allegedly and <laughs> this is what I can prove yes. from what I know and what I've been told. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, the money manager was – the even the family, they those three ladies were a little, like, scary, you know? Yeah, and, and definitely, well, they mentioned that at one point I guess they were doing stories for National Enquirer or something, and they got, like, she called them and said, listen, you guys got to shut this down, <laughs> right? And it's just like, yo, Carol's yeah. a boss. You could tell that Carol's a boss, and she just seems fishy. She definitely had something to do with it. I totally agree with you, Webby. She's, there's definitely something there. Um, my next question, who set the, who set the studio and the crocodile whatever shit on fire? Oh, Joe. <laughs> right? 100%. Joe did. Hundo, sure. Hundo sure. P, I'm sure. with you. <laughs> Hundo P. Yeah, yeah. The thing I don't get is, why was he filming that conversation of when he goes to his lawyer and the lawyer tells him, you know, the lawyer's blatantly telling him, like, oh, so all the evidence against you is in this one room? And he's like, yeah. Yeah, and he's like, do you, he's like, do you understand what I'm saying here? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's probably like has his lighter. We can't see him on on film, but he probably has the lighter and he's like lighting it in front of his face. Do you understand <laughs> what I'm saying, Joe? Do you understand? I when I stomp when I stomp on your foot and say hello, Mr. Thompson, <laughs> I want you to smile and nod. Insane. So yeah, definitely think Joe did it. Um, but that also brings up the shady character that is a documentary guy, the guy who was filming. Like that guy's fucked too. Yeah, the, right. The National Enquirer, or not the not the National Enquirer. 
current affair. Yeah, guy. yeah, that guy's super shady too. You can tell, and there's a lot of stories about him just shadiness that doesn't even have anything to do with this case. But I think that guy could have been in on right. it too, somehow, some way. Because here's the reason why I think he's in on it, because he says all of his footage is gone, but there's still so much more footage that's in this dock, right? So to me, that's a great. Point. I think my guy was in on it too with Joe, and you know. He was very careful with what did stay in the fire and what was gone. So maybe he did lose a bunch of shit, but magically there's still so much great footage left. Like, come on, man. That's a little shaky. But there was definitely a falling out between Joe and that guy. Like, <laughs> they seemed to be real tight, and then something happened. Like, I, who God knows. Yo, there's a be. falling out between Joe but, and everybody. Literally everybody by the yeah, end of the movie, point. right? By the end of the movie, he doesn't even have, like, they're talking about when he's on trial and there's nobody there to support him, right? Like, do you know the right, scumbag right. you got to be to have nobody show up for you when yeah. you're in on trial? Like, oof. Um, my other question for you, because you might know more than me in terms of U.S. politics, but I assume the same things all over the world. How's there no restrictions on who can run for president or governor? Like, shouldn't there be some, like, low bar of, like, you know what? Joe is not, like, nah, you can't run, <laughs> right? Like, shouldn't yeah. there be some bar somewhere? Do I need to tell you who the president <laughs> of the United States of America is right now? Yes, but well, as... Like, no, 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 anybody, anybody can run. Anybody can Clearly. run. Anybody can run and anybody can win. Um... I'm not familiar with the zoo industry, but after all this stuff happens, right? And Jeff's like, like, why all these things? To, he goes through all these lengths to get Joe like all fucked up or whatever. And then his next move is just to build another zoo. Like, is the zoo business some booming industry that I don't know about? Like, is that a thing? Not only that, but it, it, if you're Jeff, I guess you can build a zoo <laughs> with no money. Well, like that's why he built a couple <laughs> zoos with nothing. He had no money. Oh. That was the other one. So, like, that was my other favorite part of the of the show yeah. was that when that guy Jeff shows yeah. up and he pulls up in the Lamborghini, yeah. and I leaned over to my wife and I go, "Man, I bet that's rent. Of course, oh yeah, oh yeah." Right. And then you see his crazy lifestyle, his Vegas lifestyle, which is completely wow. insane. My guy bringing tigers in suitcases. And do you know what's funny? So you're in a relationship, right? So you might not be up. You're definitely not up unless friends are telling you about like the Tinder inst or uh, Bumble game and all that. Right. I'll tell you. I know about the tiger pictures. No, but I know about so, the tiger pictures. No, but, but here's my thing I would always see in bios, right? Girls would always be like, if you're in a picture with a tiger, swipe left. Like, I have no time for that. And I'd always be like, wait, this is a thing? Like, people taking, dudes taking pictures with tigers? Like, what are we talking about right now? And then I'm watching this, and I'm like, oh, okay. I'm clearly missing something. Like, I'm so out of the loop. And I've never been so happy to be out of the loop before in my life. I'm so washed and out of the scene that it's like, I didn't even know. Like, even when I was single, ready to mingle, that getting your picture taken with a tiger was even an option. <laughs> right. Nobody came to me and was like, hey, Webby, do you want to take a picture with this tiger? But then you see our man's Jeff, and he's like, yeah, man, he's rolling into Vegas with them in his suitcase and bringing girls up to his room for photo shoots and stuff. Just I'm like, like, 
what is it's like spanish fly jeez i'm like what is happening like the level of scumbags in this documentary like i don't know if i've seen anything worse than this ever the other thing too like jeff was one of the worst because any guy who wears an oakley flat brim hat (laughs) with a do-rag under it is first of all but then I, i saw a great tweet today and it was like wow it was like, wow, Jeff definitely shops at Marshall <laughs> with the affliction stuff. Yo. I was dying. Yo. I was dying at that. That's pretty good. But my guy's such a scumbag. So, Marshall's down so my guy's talking about to his pregnant wife, and he's like, yeah, so she's about to have the kid anytime soon. And then it's back to the gym for her. And I'm like... Hold on. Did he really I, just say that? Like, out loud, I, on I, camera, right beside his wife? Like, what planet are we on right now? And there's no reaction from anyone. I literally have a pregnant wife here at home. And if I said anything, if I thought that thought, she would murder me. Obviously. Right, it would be over. Obviously. Obviously, I was just like, what is happening on this show? I don't understand. So then the other guy who Jeff links up with to build the zoo, he ends up having a falling out with with, uh, Jeff, which to me, I'm like, okay, this on its own, this guy by himself trying to build a zoo day and night by himself. I see minimal other workers with my guy. (laughs) And he's like, all he had was, all he had was the, he had the monkey. (laughs) He had, the, yeah. he had a monkey under his shirt. That's this it. Whole, That's all he had. It's so insane. It's so insane. Um, so my next question for you, Webby, in terms of quick hitters, which aren't that quick because there's so much going on in this, but who do you trust the least? Jeff Lowe or that Garrison guy? Your 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 Sea-Doo guy. What's his first name? I forget that guy's uh, name. Was it Jason? I don't know. Whatever that dude is, a Sea-Doo guy. No, it's Who'd, it's Jeff that I trust. You trust the him the least. Okay. No, the least. Uh, the 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 other guy, the C two guy, was was easy to read. Okay, yeah, he okay, was just enough. a scumbag. <laughs> he was just a scumbag. But it's the guy who shows up in the in the Ferrari that's that's four months behind on payment yep. and the rented. That's the guy you want to stay away from. That is the guy who is going to get you in with the guy in the sea do, you know, like that's the catalyst of bad shit. So, okay. My last question, because it kind of ends with, it ends with my guys like in jail. Right. And my question for you here is should the tiger King have been convicted? Should he have been found guilty yeah. by the court? Yes. Yeah. So here's yeah. the thing, right? Yeah. Cause there's two sides. It's and- terrible to those animals. They're the big losers. In totally this agree. Thing, is the animals. side note? Even the the FBI agent or whoever that that woman was, who who was she? Was she from the the FBI or whatever? Oh no, she was like a yeah no 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 she was like a district or not, uh, state's attorney. I Yo, think. she scared the shit out of me too. Like that woman, like terrified me. Yeah. She just seemed weird. Like she mean business. Like she looked like she could kick my ass, right? But anyways, yeah, yeah, but it was super shady. But I like how they broke it down that you know they really didn't have enough on him in terms of the murder for hire, right? But 
That's why they but drummed all up the all the animal, animal stuff. stuff, and that's what they were able to get them on, which, yeah. to me, I'm fine with at the end of the day. And I do find it super weird that there's mad people online with this hashtag free Joe Exotic and shit, and I'm like, hold on, that's your takeaway from this? <laughs> like, you watch that whole thing, <laughs> and your takeaway from all this is free Joe Exotic? Like, what? Get the fuck out of here, right? Yeah. Like, that's insane to me. Um, but overall, Webby. I'm going to, I just... Now, I have one... No, go on. One go question on. for you. Yeah, I'm here. I'm one here. question for you. Did the Joe Exotic uh, music and music videos uh, make you a convert to country and Western music? This is going to sound really bad. I'm so glad you asked me this because I would have forgot to say it. So, I, obviously, I can't claim to be a country expert, right? Like, I don't know much about country music. But listening to my guy, I was like, does this sound far off from actual country music? Like, if you played, if I was, like, in a car with one of my boys who likes country music, and they put on a country track, whatever the... And you threw on I Saw a Tiger? <laughs> no, but I'm saying they dropped what... Maybe not I Saw the Tiger, or maybe not the one about homegirl killing her husband, which was... A great music video, by the way. Yo, that has to go. <laughs> First off, can we stop and talk about that video for a second? That's like hit 'em up levels of music video production. Okay, my guy had the fake Carol feeding, <laughs> feeding body pieces to the tiger. That is great. That is great production value. Great work by Joe and whoever his team is that puts together his music videos. Again, I'm being dead serious when I say this. Rivaling the levels of hit him up, right? <laughs> but. Uh, he, Joe Exotic, <laughs> say what you will. Very creative. Very creative guy. Yo, that's what I'm saying, though. I'm like, So forget about like the songs. With complete, like, obviously, some songs were more ridiculous in nature than others. But the ones that weren't like completely insanely ridiculous, if you just played that, and I don't know, I don't have one written down on me offhand, not the music video, but I'm saying if you just played one of the songs, right? Like he's just like when he was saying goodbye to his to his tiger zoo or whatever. If you just played that song right. along with like, let's say what the seventh song is right now on the country charts, and you played both of those songs to me side by like run after the next, I wouldn't have been like Yo, this is a crazy-ass tiger guy. Do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> That's all I'm saying. And, hey, someone in the mentions is going to get at me, and I'm okay with that, but I said what I said, <laughs> okay? <laughs> now, was it actually him singing any of those songs? No. <laughs> no, man. No, man. That, 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 so who's, I mean, who's that, his, so he's mini, Milli Vanilli again? <laughs> 100%. I think that he, he sends out oh. the lyrics for somebody to sing. And then he maybe records his voice a little bit over it, but that's it. Oh, man. So do we think he actually writes those songs, though? Oh, yeah. Oh, he writes the songs, for sure. You don't write, you, you don't, you don't write a classic like I Saw a Tiger and, and, and get, like, somebody. That's, that's, that's a, it's a unique experience from Joe Exotic right there. Yo, I mean, absolutely insane. But, okay, Webby, so I was thinking about this in terms of while we're, we'll be watching shows and reviewing shows, and whenever we come across something that we've both watched, let's give it a rating system. And I was thinking, because this is the On Blast podcast, what if we rate it in terms of emo flame emojis? So out of five flame emojis, what are you giving? Five being the best, meaning really, really good, top mm -hmm. of the line. Five flame emojis, what are you giving Tiger King? I'm going to give it four. 
Okay. I'm going to give it a four. I'd give it the full five, but I felt that, like, the seven parts, mm-hmm. you really could have pared it down to a real tight five. Agreed. But, but again, with what we're going through now, um, a, a seven uh, episodes isn't the worst thing in the world. Um, I thought the characters were great. Uh, now, I heard a great thing. It was like, for a good documentary, you need three things. You need a subject, you need characters, and you need luck. Mm-hmm. And they got all three. Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. It was it was, it was was a subject, footage, and okay. luck. And they got all three. And so uh, I just can't give it the full five, but I can give it a, a strong four. Strong four flame yeah, emojis. To... With a tiger emoji <laughs> as well. Fair enough. Fair enough. And you know what, to your point about, you know, footage and a good character and story, I wonder what the original story was that my guy was planning to tell. Because when it starts, clearly this is not the story that he was going to tell, right? And so think about all the footage that he probably has on, like, all the other dudes. But then this, like, murder for hire thing just takes off and it's like, okay, I guess I got to follow this story lead, right? Because it was five years, essentially, in the making that my guy was working on this doc. And so many things mm-hmm. happened, right? So that part was por- pretty interesting to me. But overall, I'm going to give this three out of five flame emojis. And the reason being is because I think it was a really good doc, but I think the first three episodes, three or four episodes were way stronger than how it ended, right? And obviously the way how it ended mm-hmm. is so much dictated yeah. in terms of like, well, what happened, right? Like the storyline, what happened? Like my guy's yeah. in jail, but the storytelling angle, like it came out the gates hot and then kind of tails off. And near the end of it, I kind of was like, okay, I'm not having fun watching this anymore. Like these people are all disgusting. These people are all scumbags. I was getting kind of mad at certain things because it made me think about all the things that I was hearing people talk about this pot, this uh, documentary. No one was bringing up the fact that like, yo, these guys are pedophiles, right? Like they kind of gloss over the fact that this both people in terms of Doc Antils and uh, Joe Exotic have these people come in really young and he's clearly taking advantage of them early on at a young using, age. Using drugs. Yes, yeah. using drugs. And then when they bring in the fact that these guys are all fucked up on meth, you start to feel really bad. When the suicide happens, I was like, yo, this is next level. Like, I don't want to be watching this type shit. The fact that they had footage of, like, the room, not of the actual su- But there was just so much going on that I was like, yo, the vibe of this whole thing just went left, and I'm not with it anymore. So I give it three out of five. Mm-hmm. Still good. Still a good watch. And to people who are like, I'm not watching this, like, you're just saying that just to say it, <laughs> right? Like, what else are you doing? I'm not saying you got to watch the whole thing, right, right. but watch the first episode at least and then take it from there. You got the time, right? Yeah, it's like, ooh, you're going to be principled and and try to be cool and not watch something just because a whole bunch of people are, are, are watching it? <laughs> I, I, I Miss me with that. Miss me with that. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you for sure. Uh, So next up, we're going to talk about something that you brought up to me the last time we spoke and also on my other pod with John Chidley Hill. He also brought up that I need to watch Cheer. Okay. And I I did. Yes. Did you? you I watched Cheer and I will say I I loved it. I loved loved it. It It was so, so good. I'm going to say this off the bat because I know we're going from one rating system to the next right away. I'm going to say I'm giving that five out of five five flame emojis for the show cheer because they did such a great job of storytelling 
The storytelling is so good. And all these characters, even maybe if they first introduce them to you and you think, uh, I don't know if I'd really like like this person. They do such a good job of making you care and root for every single person that they did a deep dive on in this show. Right? It was such a good job of storytelling, such a good job of manipulating your emotions to make you care about this like random D2 school or whatever it is, cheerleading competitions, right? <laughs> like it's such good storytelling. Um, I thought it was really good. And it, it was one of those things where everyone recommended it, said it was really good, and it still surpassed my expectations. It was still better than I thought it would be. Uh, what did you yeah. think about it? I know you kind of gave me a little bit, but obviously you I'm, held I'm, back because I hadn't watched yeah. it yet. Like you say, the the we just talked about it with the Joe Exotic, the 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 subject matter, the footage, and luck. Mm -hmm. And boy, did that have all three of them in spades. And then just like Joe Exotic and Tiger King, the characters were so good, mm -hmm. man. Like like you say, it starts and. You even have the whole relationship cycle with some of the characters. You're like, oh, I like them. Now I don't like yeah. them. Now I like them again. You What's know? that guy's name? And was it like, Ladarius? Ladarius, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was like, you're like, and you're like, I see where he's coming from. Mm -hmm. He's kind of a dick. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's why he is the way he is. Exactly. And then, but how about the coach? I mean, the coach was so good. Great character great character it made you really like the coach and root for the coach because in the beginning i'll be honest with you i said to i was watching it with my little cousin and i said to her i was like this is kind of interesting but i wonder if because i was thinking of it in terms of when they were making the comparisons between college football right i was making saban yeah with she was nick saban right but i was i was like i wonder if she really does like these kids and their different backgrounds and all that because obviously you're talking about an area that's super religious and you know most of the people that probably mm -hmm. go to her church aren't about you know the lgbtq community right and so to have mm -hmm. her be a supporter of them with her, her team i actually said to my little cousin while i was watching it i'm like I wonder if that's actually legit or if she's just doing it because she needs these people for her team to be successful, right? right? Like I questioned that early on and the more you dug into the story and when you see her go and she talks to her dad, I was like, oh no, this seems really legit. I like to think that I watch enough reality TV that I read through people and I'm like, ah, this is bullshit. It didn't seem like bullshit, right? She mm -hmm. seemed like a very genuine real character and even like hearing her husband talk and seeing and hearing them talk about her family and stuff and how much she puts into it yeah. and even just seeing some of the conversations which they didn't exploit right like some of the conversations where the the team members are going to talk to her about something serious they didn't exploit it and make her like oh no well this is what you should do and blow, like they didn't really tell you what the conversation was they just showed the fact that the the players had the trust to go to her and seek her advice and they'd go in upset but leave super happy and they're hugging and everything's okay and i was like okay okay cool the other thing too was that like the documentary crew that was filming obviously had a lot of respect for her and the kids because there were some points that they'd be like listen this is a private mm -hmm. conversation mm -hmm. we're gonna have this off camera and the documentary crew like respected those decisions right so i thought that was even really cool yeah it was just really, really well done. And, you know, 
I talked about like just how crazy the emotional roller coaster was. Like they did such a good job of storytelling and you were right about someone getting hurt every single episode, right? Like mm. that was just like so insane. Someone like doing mad flips in the air and just landing on the ground. And you're like, this person weighs like 80 pounds. Oh. Like how are, how are they like walking after this? Right. Um, but I will say yeah, and the, the athleticism, the athleticism oh. that some of those girls and guys exhibit is like insane, right? It's, like it's uh, so hard things that you wouldn't see on a basketball court or a football field. Well, the way that they broke it down that all the work that goes into basically what, how long's the routine? Two minutes, two and a half minutes or something like mm -hmm. that. And it's like, you're just rehearsing the same thing over and over and over and over and over. And then in that two minute span, one person can just like fall on the mo like not even the most difficult part of your routine. I was just like, oh okay, like it, they did a good job of explaining it to the layman, right? Because I don't know anything yeah, about exactly. cheerleading, but they broke the whole thing down and it made sense. But I'll say this: the end scenes, right, when they're showing them winning and they're celebrating, and they're cutting to all the different families watching back at home, and when they mm -hmm. cut to Ladarius, his brother who obviously the whole story they told throughout was the brother beat him up the whole time he was growing up trying to like literally, and I wish I could say this in a more polite or PC way, but literally trying to beat the gay out of him as a kid, mm -hmm. right? And then you see the brother now watching their team win and the brother sitting there watching in tears. I was sitting there, I was like, yo, yeah. this is like powerful storytelling. It was just so well done. I'm giving it five out of five flames. What are you giving it? Those football documentaries that they do that are similar, mm -hmm. I love. And like that way that they film it and make it look like that Friday Night Light style. Yeah. I love the style of yeah. it. But I just thought that unlike some of those football ones, the um, Last Chance You, this one definitely like was a little more uplifting mm -hmm. and left me with a warm, fuzzy feeling rather than yeah. being like, oh, I hate this coach. And For I sure. hope these people like... I hope these kids walk out on them. Yeah, they did. a. It was really interesting. And so many different angles, like different people growing up. The only person that came off, uh, that came off not likable was, uh, the girl who's like the superstar who's like signing all the autographs, yeah. her dad, that guy is a scumbag. Oh, yeah. That guy's like a, a her whole family. Yeah, a one scumbag, just trying to like make money and exploit his daughter. Like that guy's a scumbag. But other than that, yeah. other than that, here for everyone in that, great storytelling. Uh, John was right. He told me, he's like, Jerry is just like the craziest character ever, but so happy and so positive energy. And he's always watching the challenge during, like every time yeah, they show them in yeah. their room, they're watching the challenge. I was like, all right, all right. Yeah, it was just really good. Really good. Dope show. Highly recommended for people who Which, haven't watched it. We, we need to get Jerry. We need to get Jerry on You Killed Him. Right? That would be, hey, that would be must-see potting right there, right? Must-see potting. Be uh, let's get to some other just what else have you been watching, and this is where we'll go kind of back and forth and sort of trade things that we'll recommend to each other, but also if we just come across uh, something crazy or, you know, that was kind of cool. I'll go first because my one thing is kind of like out there. It's not really a show, um, but people have had mixed reviews of all these, this trend of everyone's on IG Live. Right. Like there's so many different IG live streams going on and all celebrities seem to be doing IG lives or shows, whether you're Miley Cyrus or whether, you know, shouts. We talked nice. about the D nice thing that he's still rocking and doing his live sets every night. 
But a couple things this week since we've talked really like stood out to me the most that I enjoyed so much. And there were these IG live battles. So we remember we've talked about it before, right? right. When Swizz Beats and Timbo, they I think started this trend, right? Where they kind of were trading hits back and forth. They did that a couple years ago, I want to say. But this week, there's a beat battle between Hit Boy and Boy Wanda. And it right. was so good. Like, I clicked on it not knowing what to expect, really, because you're on an IG live feed, which obviously isn't, like, the, the best feeds out there, right? It's not like you're hearing perfect audio or perfect video or whatever. But watching these two dudes who have just hit after hit just go back and forth and trade bangers, it was so good. Now, I, I don't know. Did you see it, by the way? Do you know what I'm talking about? Have you seen it? I I just saw the um, uh, the social media going on. Like I think I was oh, you know, yeah. watching Ozark yeah. or something, oh. but people were tweeting yeah. about it. Social yeah. media was going crazy, and it was really cool. And the one thing I'll say about that is it was, it was cool in the sense of, again, as a hip-hop fan, you're hearing just guys – two of the best in the game right now, just trade off bangers. But the one thing that was funny was Hitboy was getting, you could tell he was being salty because two things. Um, Boy Wonder got Drake to redo, there's a line that Drake has in a song where he says, uh, I should probably sign a Hitboy because I got all the hits, boy. He got Drake to revoice that, so it's like, no disrespect to Hitboy, but I got all the hits, boy. So Boy Wonder would play a track and then drop that every time so you could tell Hitboy was getting salty about that so then he would play the real one right after and pretend like he's not mad but he's really mad and then <laughs> and then at one point he'd be like what is this a drake concert all you keep doing is playing drake songs like it'd be great if if i had the top guy in the game that i could just slide my beats to whenever i wanted it's just like straight hateration going on right but either way still a good time still a lot of fun and the one thing I'll say, I didn't realize it until watching that battle. I realized that the Drake that I like the most, by far, is Boy Wonder Drake. And I didn't realize it because there were just so many tracks that I didn't realize were Boy Wonder beats. Were him. That I was like, oh, this all makes sense. I like all the, these are all my favorite Drake songs and it's all Boy Wonder beats. I'm talking Pound Cake, 5am in Toronto, Free Smoke, like... <laughs> Wherever you want to go with Drake, I was just 8 out of 10 off Scorpion. Like, all these tracks, I was just like, oh, these are all Boy Wonder Beats. All makes sense. When does Just Blaze do his? So, was it, hold on, sorry. I said Timberland versus Swizz. Was it Just Blaze versus Swizz? It might have been. I'm not sure. That was, a, that was the one that was a couple of yeah, years Yeah, that's ago. what I'm saying. Like, the original one. I, it might have been, oh, or maybe it was Timbo and Swizz, then Just Blaze and Swizz went at it. I think that might have been it, but yeah, um, yeah, that'd be one. I'd be, I'd be in to watch that for sure. That'd be dope. That'd be crazy dope. Uh, so yeah, I thought that was really cool. And the other IG battle that was last night that I ended up watching was it was an R and B battle. And I know everyone might not be an R and B person, me, me but I'm still of a certain age where R and B was a thing. I grew up with R and B. R and B mattered, and it was Neo versus uh, songwriter Jonte, who did a lot of like stuff. I want to say like Atlanta's so-so deaf guys, but also like has bangers for Mariah, Mary J, Aaliyah. Like he's a classic, like classic, classic hits. So it was him, they, him versus Neo. And the difference here was these guys were super organized. They did 20 tracks. 
they went song for song back and forth and the rules were you can only play the song for a minute 30 and they were respectful to each other they're super nice it was super just like well behaved super mutually respectful towards each other and like in neo's big tig was at neo's house and big tigs in the background like getting so hype but yeah it was just an hour or whatever of just r&b bangers of like the past decade to 20 years or whatever so good enjoyed it were ig they, live winning were they singing or were they no they're playing their beats so they were all just playing so they're just okay. playing they're going back and forth playing their hits so it was just an r&b battle where you had to play whatever hits that you produced that's what it was so neo obviously we know okay. he sings a lot of the songs he produced cool so he had a bunch of those songs in but he also had like mario let me love you or right which is like one of the best r&b songs ever had like did he do the one what was it carrie hilson yep. kanye and neo yes yep that's, yeah that's, that's a, jam. a jam that's a jam um he had straight bangers like it was so good um he also ended it with i think he ended it with mario let me love you and then beyonce's uh what's irreplaceable to the left to the left right and it's just like that was him yeah that's neo right that's what no webby that's what the whole thing was the whole thing was yo that was neo yo that was jante and they're just going back and forth the whole time and watching it i'm just like yo these guys are dope and they were it was just a good vibe right like you just put it on and it was just a good vibe to listen to these ig lives i know like i see this on twitter and i see this on social media where a lot of people are like oh, everyone thinks they got to do an IG live nowadays and whatever, like, this is so stupid. And I had the reverse, the reverse opinion. It's like, well, you don't have to watch it. Like, why are you complaining about something that you don't have to watch, <laughs> right? I think it's really cool that they're using this new, like, again, it's about the opportunity that they have right now with the way that the world is. It's like, let's take this thing that's already existed and change it and and use it for our way i just think it's so sweet like it's awesome yeah and, and just finding new ways to use old technology right like instagram's been around for a while but let's take advantage of the fact that you know for the most part people have the the news on the tv if the tv's on or whatever but guaranteed they're on their phone so when you're flicking around you're on your phone you're scrolling and you're like oh this person's live what's going on here right and again, it was just banger after banger. You're talking about Knock You Down, Carrie Hilson. That's what the song's called. I just had to look it's, it up. It's a great but Yeah, I did that. Great. Remember Neo and Fabulous Make You Better? Banger, right? Like, it was just, yeah. it was, yeah. like, it was just hit after hit. So good. So that was one of my recommendations. I know it's kind of out there and kind of different, but I watched that, and I just kind of love just the vibe of people trying something new and different, and it was it was cool to watch. It was fun, and I'm sure more people yeah. will do it, right? Like, you know, people are making the jokes. They're like, somewhere along the line, they're going to do, like, Backstreet Boys versus NSYNC, and white people are going to say they made this up. <laughs> and I started laughing. Because like, you know, the internet's got to chill, man. There's too much chill. <laughs> got to chill. But it brought up the I, point. I'm sure, but I'm sure it will grow. Well, people are yeah. begging for right now. I saw people online. They're saying we need to get Rick Ross versus Jeezy. People are saying they need uh, Bad Boy versus So So Def, like Puffy versus Jermaine Dupri. I'm like, yo, I'm here. Like, tell me when those are. I'm here for that. No, no, no. Miss me with the Puffy Jermaine <laughs> Dupri. Call me. 
Call me when the when the rose Jeezy gets okay. off. Will right? do. Will do. That's that. I'll be there. Will do that. for sure. Let's flip over to you, Webby. What's something that you've been watching that I might not have seen? What's a what? What's something that's going on? I mentioned it. I mentioned it last mm-hmm. week. But you have to watch zero zero okay. zero on Amazon. Okay. Prime. It is. I finished it. It's only. It's like eight episodes. Everyone is about forty five minutes to an hour. Okay. No. If you like any of the like the mob movies, the Goodfellas, the Scarfaces, anything like that, you will love this. And not only is it an awesome story and like crazy, but it is like tripped out. Like there is a scene with a giant pig. Okay, like the biggest pig you've ever seen, and something happens with this pig, and it is it's nuts. It's so good, but it's it. But there's like so there's three there's three different like storylines. Okay, it's about a big cocaine shipment that's going from Mexico to Italy by way of New Orleans. Okay, and so it follows these three different people in these storylines. The Mexican guy is unhinged. The uh, the the New Orleans shipping people are awesome, and then the Italians are nuts. Okay, and it, I'm just telling you. Just find I'm it. in. Uh, I don't know if you have Who it. Who was it? Prime, I think. Uh, you probably find yeah, it. yeah. You can find anything online. I mean, now that you have the time to like search for it, yeah. you can find anything online. I think Dunlop might have tweeted at us after listening to the first one, the first one that we did, and he said, "Thanks for that recommendation of zero zero zero. He liked it. I think it was Dunlop. Pretty sure it was. Watch it. Okay. Check out zero zero zero. Okay. Okay. I'm and in. Then, I'm uh, in. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So that that was my TV. Okay. One. I like it. Um, I have a recommendation for the people at home, and I know you will co-sign this with me. And the reason why I'm bringing this up is because it's a show that I think was kind of popular, but now that you know enough time has passed, it might be more under the radar and might be a thing that a lot of people have not seen. But if you haven't seen it, you most definitely should go watch it because I think it kind of sums up. I'll just say what it is first. It's how to make it in America. Did you like that show when it came out? Did you watch that on on HBO? You know what I had kind of like uh, uh, Entourage Hangover. Okay, and I think that's why it and, got canceled. Yeah, I, I do too. But it was a little smarter. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was a really cool show. It's basically about these two friends, a white guy and a Hispanic guy. They're like best friends, and it's basically the whole premise of it is these guys are trying to find their hustle into making it in America. They're from New York and it's really like, I wanna say it's really like hipster culture before hipster culture went mainstream. And that's why I think it failed on HBO. Cause I think that if that show comes out a couple years later where hipster culture becomes more mainstream and it's not even hipster really, like if you think about it, their character's not really hipster, but you know what I'm saying? Like just that culture of, you know, kind of the parties that they went to and like the scenes and remember Lake Bell's characters did dating a super hipster dude at one point during the right when they go for like the mass bike ride remember that that episode yeah so it's a quick watch it's two seasons two seasons I want to say like 10 episodes so it might be like 20 episodes total but to me it's really good and it's just one of those things where if it came out a couple years later and Twitter was around that's kind of the generation or the 
the Twitter culture of people that would have made the show a success and it would have definitely stayed on the air. Because I think of something like Girls, right? Where like Girls was a smash hit, but I think a big part of Girls was also the social media following that added to watching it, right? Not only that, but like, and when it, like, you're absolutely right about like when it hit. Exactly. Yeah, I think that, um, it's funny with HBO. It's like you you made a great point in that if it had waited like a couple of years, mm-hmm. the show would have blown up. Yeah. It just kind of it wasn't the right time for that show. Yeah, it's twenty compared to when it came. Well, out. it's twenty eleven, right? So you got to think about where like yeah. culture is at that time and where culture is now. And maybe a better example because like yeah. early girls was really really good, right? But I think of a show like Insecure. Insecure is a smash. Insecure is really, really good show from the beginning. Now, Insecure didn't have the ratings right at the beginning to last on HBO, but the Twitter social media following, like that shit was trending every single time that show aired live in an era where the only thing people really watch live is Game of Thrones. But yet, when Insecure was airing, that would, like, you had to tune into that live because Twitter was just on fire. And I think that representation made it so HBO couldn't cancel it. Like, there's no way you could even say, oh, ratings are bad, but it didn't matter. Like, you had to greenlight that show for more seasons. And I think the same thing could have happened to How to Make It in America, just because you had, again, we talked about characters. It's It's an ensemble cast, but really good characters that you were all rooting for these guys to make it. And it showed you the different subsections of New York, whether you're talking about race, you know, cultural background, mm-hmm. age, you know, even gender, whatever it is, there was something for you in that show. And it was just funny. Like, it was fun. It had the fun vibe of Entourage, but also I think, like, the more likable, relatable characters, if that makes sense. Um, How to Make It in America was a better cross of people. Like, they had all kinds of different characters from all different backgrounds hanging out with each other. And I don't think that's something you see a lot yeah. on TV where that's not the storyline. Do you know what I mean? Like, if you have a show, it's like, oh, that's the black guy. Oh, you're the girl in our crew. Oh, you're blah, blah, blah. And it's like, you have all these different people, but that was never really, you know what I mean? Like, the crux of what the show was. It was more like, we're all people from different backgrounds all trying to find our way in our 20-somethings in New York City. It did almost what girls couldn't do. Yeah. Was show the relationships with a different exactly. wide range of people rather yeah. than just all these people in the same socio Exactly. And girls became like the funny joke because you're watching it and making fun of it because it's like, these are just like rich white girl problems, right? Like that's kind of what yeah. it turned into yeah. and you're kind of just like laughing at it like, shut up. Like, why are you, right? Like that kind of turned into what girls was. And uh, I hate that girls and Insecure always gets, you know, because I think they're two different shows, but I think the story of the, story of the two like main characters in terms of these are strong, yeah. like powerful, great female voices that were able to get their own shows off the ground. I think that's the part that always yeah. made those shows link. But overall, the other one too is like the cool juxtaposition of Marnie mm-hmm. and Molly. Ooh. Right? Yeah, like, yeah. 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 <laughs> that's like incredible. They're like kind that. of that same like kind that. of person. Yeah. And yeah. Like, yeah. At one point, you're like, oh, I kind of feel bad. And then you're like, oh, no, you're an absolute <laughs> That's like, awesome. Mo- I never actually like, did that before. Who, I like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The girl who plays Molly, I think, in uh, Insecure. Insecure is unbelievable. So good. 
so good. I remember it's like so good, but so you're just like, oh my god, like whoa, whoa, like you could totally see yourself. That but it was the same thing with Marnie. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh yeah, like one night out in the town, and I met you, like. Yeah, oh, I'm sure like you'd get it. and then you'd be like, oh, my God, what, have I done? <laughs> what did I just do? <laughs> yes, that's so true. I like that comparison. I never even broke it down to that level, but I like that. It's so true. That's my recommendation for people. Go watch. If you haven't seen it, go watch How to Make It in America. It's a quick watch. And again, what else do you have to do? And I bet you once you start it, it's just such a fun watch that you will just continue watching it and you'll be done. You'll be done the two seasons very quickly by the time we meet again. And you can tell us how good the show was. Yeah. I got, I got one more and it's kind of a cop out cause we've talked about it so much, but it was actually on like a marathon okay. a couple of weeks ago. I think when this first okay. started and I just can't get it out of my head Okay, is not even season one, but season two of Atlanta. Oh, okay. I think I saw the, just, wait, what season is it where, uh, um, what's my guy? Paperboy is like being chased and he gets robbed by the kids and he runs into the woods. That's season two, right? Into the woods. I saw that episode yeah. a couple days ago and I was like, oh, I forgot about how dope this is. Oh, the one where they go to the German village and he goes with Van <laughs> yes. and Van is like speaking German. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, like, yeah. Oh, it, it, honestly, like the first season of Atlanta is amazing mm-hmm. because it's a little more like getting to know these characters and there's like some really funny ones and some really thought provoking ones. But the second season comes at you and it's so heavy and so like, it looks beautiful. Every episode is like a whole new story, but then there's like the, the thread that goes through them all. It's just genius. And, and that Teddy, um, Oh, the Teddy, uh, the one where Donald. Yeah. Donald Grover's. What was his name? Yeah. I can't remember his name. And I, do you know what's like funny? That, sorry. Scariest half. Do you know what the two Teddies that popped into my head first that I knew automatically? I'm like, that's not it. It was Teddy Ruxpin and Teddy and Teddy Petter, Bruckshot. Teddy Pendergrass. No, Ted, Teddy Bruckshot. Teddy Bruckshot. I was like, well, no, that those are it's neither of those two. <laughs> Teddy Bridgewater and Teddy Pendergrass. It's neither of those either. Famous Teddies. All right, go. No, I'm joking. But I know everyone that's seen that show knows exactly the episode you're talking about because that shit was fucked up. Yeah. If you've never seen Atlanta, yeah. like you should watch both seasons. But mm-hmm. if you have to watch one, like season two would take you probably what about like. No, I disagree. Go watch the whole five thing. Five hours? I disagree. Go watch the whole watch thing. The whole watch thing. the whole watch thing. Watch the whole thing. You got to watch Atlanta. And, it, and again, now, what excuse do you have? No excuse. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Webby, yeah. man, this was a lot of fun, man. Really appreciate you stopping by so we can talk about, again, we're, we're going to continue, continue to try to do this as long as we can because yeah. we got to keep finding things to watch and finding things to entertain us, whether it's the Raptors beating the Sixers again <laughs> or it's a challenge which starts Wednesday, April 1st. We might have to do a little double up on the challenge because I'm definitely excited. Okay. And then the other thing is too, Shelly, is that I'm going to start watching Vanderpump Rules. Oh, yes. Okay. All right. All right. I like it. I like it. I like it. I like it. From season one. From season one. I'm going to start. Wow. Do you know what? I don't even know if I've seen season one because I feel like when I jumped in, it was probably like season three or whatever and i would never like just go back to the beginning of vanderpump rules but now with all this time why not 
and the early seasons are a lot crazier than it is now. So might be a good look. I might I might do that actually. Hmm. That's a good call. All right. I like it. I like it. Webby, where can the people find you though to tweet at you because they didn't like your rankings, how many flame emojis you were given stuff, or they want to recommend you some shows to watch? Where can the people find you, my dude? Or they want to chirp at me about the Sixers Raptors series, which <laughs> seems like is happening a lot right now. Well, it's almost uh, over, man. They, it's almost over. I know, I know, but it doesn't end. <laughs> it doesn't end great, Shelly. It doesn't end great. We've reached the, the zenith. We've reached the peak of the series when we had the airplane, when we had the, the dunk and the airplane. It's true. It's all downhill from here. It's true. Uh, but yeah, uh, hit me up on Twitter and Instagram at AWebster84. Sounds dope for sure. Follow up Mr. Andrew Webster. As he said, AWebster84 on both Instagram and Twitter. My name is Sheldon Alexander. You can find me on Twitter at Shell Alexander. You can find me also on Instagram at Sheldon Alexander. Follow up on both places. And don't forget to like and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Play, YouTube, all the places that you get your podcasts. Like and subscribe. Support the movement. We got these video pods going. Me and Webby linking up from East Coast to West Coast. We got you covered. And really mean it we're looking for things to watch so keep sending us your recommendations and we'll continue to pump out recommendations with what we're watching but really follow us subscribe all that fun stuff Just keep spreading the love sharing the content as you know we all try to get through this together as one big happy on blast family so really huge shout outs to mr andrew webster for stopping by and joining me really appreciate it thanks to everyone who's been watching and rocking with us as we've continued to do the live streams on my ig live during the whole raptors run for those people who don't know raptors uh they're playing raptor games every single night in chronological order during the playoffs and we're doing on blast rewatch parties on my ig live so tune into that every night huge shouts to the people that have been rocking with us there when does you killed it start? you killed it we did a preview episode of you killed it to get you ready for this season of the challenge which starts on wednesday wednesday april 1st so right now if you want to if you're not sure about whether you should watch the challenge or not we give you a full breakdown of all the characters so that's all you need to know going in we tell you who everyone is so you know what you could pull up on your laptop the cast list so you see pictures of these people and we tell you who everybody is everything you need to know so you have no excuses oh i don't know who everyone is i'm not gonna get it you don't have to get it first off but we help you out we tell you who all the people are from all the different shows and we got it we got you covered on the you killed it pod same thing you can find it on your this same stream Wherever you're listening to this podcast right now, just scroll up a little and you'll find that you killed it podcast. But John and I will be here to break that down each and every week as the season starts. And yeah, we're here. We're here on blast, baby, making moves. So for my guy, Andrew Webster, like I always say, I used to pray for times like this to rhyme like this. This is the on blast podcast as always unpolished and unapologetic until next time. See ya. Peace. Boom, blast.